The reading is from Romans chapter 15, verses 5 to 16. And if you wish to follow it in the Pew Bibles, it's on page 1141. Romans 15. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind towards each other that Christ Jesus had, so that with one mind and one voice you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Accept one another, then, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the Jews on behalf of God's truth, so that the promises made to the patriarchs may be confirmed, and moreover, that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, Therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles. I will sing the praises of your name. Again it says, Rejoice, you Gentiles, with his people. And again, Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Let all the peoples extol him. And again, Isaiah says, The root of Jesse will spring up, one who will arise to rule over the nations. In him the Gentiles will hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I myself am convinced, my brothers and sisters, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with knowledge, and competent to instruct one another. Yet I have written to you quite boldly on some points to remind you of them again because of the grace God gave me to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles. He gave me the priestly duty of proclaiming the gospel of God so that the Gentiles might become an offering acceptable to God, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Well, thank you very much, Jane. Um, we started with Psalm 117, and I would love you to turn to that. Um, if you fancy turning to it in the Bible, you can do so, or on the service sheet, because it's there printed at the start of the uh, service. But if you're looking for a page number, 616, thank you. On the left-hand side of the page, um, we're in a series in the Psalms, or have been for a while in the evening service, and uh, this is where we got to, Psalm 117, Psalm 118, uh, next week will be the last in the current series, working through Israel's hymn book. But we've got to Psalm 117. I'll read it again, uh, just to refresh your memory in a moment. But let's pray um, as we turn to the Bible together. Thank you, Father, for the gift of this book uh, of the Bible to us and to your people down the years. We thank you that you've spoken to generation after generation 
through these psalms and given us songs to sing and put uh, praise on our lips and in our hearts. And we pray that you would do so again this evening as we turn to this little psalm. We ask it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, you might not know this, but um, one of the things that's good about Psalm 117 is that it's the shortest chapter in the Bible, two verses long. Uh, It also happens to be, I don't know if uh, anybody's got a mathematical brain and can just knock this out quickly in their heads, it also happens to be the middle chapter of the Bible. There we go, let me read it to you again, okay? Praise the Lord, all you nations, extol him, all you peoples, for great is his love towards us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. Well, it is short, isn't it? You don't always need lots of words to make a point well. Very short. It may be the shortest chapter in the Bible. It is also I don't know if you felt this as it was read or you said it at the start of the service. It's also one of the most offensive chapters of the Bible. I'll try and explain in the course of what I'm saying why uh, you might feel that. First, let's look at the invitation in verse 1. Praise the Lord, all you nations. Extol him. All you people. Generally, um, our feeling about invitations is that they're, they're, they're good news, they're nice things to get. But there is an edge to this invitation, if you think about it, if you listen carefully to the invitation in this verse. In particular, focus on who the verse is addressed to. Praise the Lord, all you nations. Extol him, all you peoples. Because this psalm is an invitation to the nations, the Gentiles, to praise God. Except it isn't only an invitation to praise God, it's an invitation to praise Israel's God. So you'll probably notice that when the word Lord is printed in uppercase letters, that doesn't just mean God, it means Israel's God. It's the name he made known to Moses back in the book of Exodus. The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion and sin, and so on. That God, Israel's promise-making, promise-keeping God. And when the nations are being invited to praise him and extol him, the idea is, it's not just to sing a song to him. We've sort of made praise almost um, exclusively a matter of music in the way we tend to think of it in our minds. But the Psalms use this word, frankly, in an almost secular sense. Praise often means in the Psalms to speak well of someone to someone else. To tell someone what you like about something or someone. 
the way you might praise the beauty and the grandeur and the excellence of Cambridge to a visitor from the United States or something like that. That's often the way praise comes over in the book of Psalms. So praise isn't in the Bible, as we tend to think often, the private language of love. It's public. It's me telling other people about God's excellence and greatness and majesty. Now, when I put it like that, do you see what I mean by um, what is potentially offensive about this psalm? It would be bad enough if I was calling on Israel to tell others about God's excellence. But this is actually worse in one sense. It's calling on the pagan nations themselves to become God's public relation officers, as it were, to tell others about his greatness. And in our thinking today, we've almost completely inverted that. I um, had the privilege with Susu of meeting some retiring missionaries on one occasion in Bangkok. We'd been to Bangkok for a trip to Singapore. Um, This is a while back in the early days of our marriage. And these retiring missionaries were were telling us how um, there was a home for children with cerebral palsy in Thailand. And the major contributing factor, these missionaries said, to the plight of the children was that they were neglected. And um, in their mind, the thinking behind why, why this had happened, the, the neglect of these children, was it was completely down to the legacy of Buddhism in Thailand. So they explained to us uh, that the, the nihilism that wants to see suffering snuffed out so that a better reincarnation can follow uh, had contributed to this, so that if I, I had a disabled child, well, frankly, it was better off left to die, left for dead. And the missionary's wife told Susu and me, um, she told us not to believe the nonsense that is often peddled about Buddhism, that it is a, a, a fluffy, hippie, flower power, peace idea that is good for the world, as it were. She wanted to say that the sort of live and let live attitude to other religions that we find very easy in a sort of global village to embrace, often ought not to be called live and let live. It ought to be called sometimes lie and let lie. If we have truth and lie categories in our minds, some of those deceits, they were trying to say to us, And it was shocking. They were very blunt Aussie missionaries. Um, Some of those deceits were what what drove them on in their work to proclaim Jesus in Thailand. But we've so inverted a lot of our thinking to be politically correct in a sort of global village where we have to get on with people that have differing views. Of course, that's right. That we'll often forget the slightly offensive nature if people take the scriptures seriously, about Israel's claim that their God should be praised on the lips of Gentile nations. It's quite a shocking invitation. And if we aren't shocked by it, we probably haven't felt the full force 
of these words. But that is the invitation. Biblical religion says that Israel's God is the one true God, and it calls on all peoples to believe in him and to propagate that truth, to make it known to others. So that's the invitation. Now, verse 2 gives us the reason for this invitation, and that is nearly as shocking. Let me read verse 2 again. For great is his love towards us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. So you see the reason for this shocking invitation there in verse 2. Now, do you see how in one sense that little reason there almost adds insult to injury? All you pagan Gentile nations publish the greatness of Israel's God because his love to us, to Israel, is great and his faithfulness endures forever. Fancy expecting the Gentiles to praise God because God loves the Jews. Why should they ever do that? Well, we know the answer to that today. Answer, because of Jesus Christ. Jesus, of course, came from the Jewish race. And he opened the blessings of the Jewish race race to all nations. So we're going to pause for a moment. We're going to have a little video to remind us of that. I hope that um, Gavin is able to find it. Uh, It's a video that will give us an example of pagan nations praising the Jewish Messiah, Jesus. All peoples, all nations. Sorry to cut you off there. Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Hallelujah!
And, and so it continues. There's probably another minute and a half of it, but I, I, I love that just as a reminder of the nations praising him. Let me read verse 2. Here's the reason for this praise. For great is his love towards us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Um, if you think about it, this opening out of the blessings to the Jews to the Gentiles is exactly what God had promised to them in the first place. Remember um, that through Abraham uh, and his descendants, the whole earth would be blessed. That was the promise in Genesis chapter 12, that the whole world would be blessed through the descendants of Abraham. And he'd have descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. So faithfulness here means faithfulness to those promises. And that's a faithfulness that goes on, says this psalm, forever and ever, and which is good news for us Gentiles. God's love and faithfulness to the Jews is indeed good news for us. There's a painting I haven't seen. I just like the title of it. I'll tell you what the painting is. It's an American painting of the Niagara Falls. And it has as a caption... Just three words, more to follow. So you can imagine a picture of the Niagara Falls of millions of gallons of water just tipping over the edge there. And there's always more, always more to come, more to follow. And so God's love and faithfulness is like that. His love and faithfulness to Israel, his love and faithfulness in Jesus Christ. God demonstrates his own love to us in this, that while we were still sinners... Christ died for us. You could say while we were still Gentiles, far off, without hope in the world, Christ died for us. And his love and faithfulness through Jesus to us in countless other ways should be clear to us, and indeed to others. We had a a, a visit, as I think was mentioned in the prayers earlier this week, from a bishop from Rwanda, um, Bishop Nathan Amuthi, Amuthi came to us this, this week and uh, spoke briefly to the PCC and to a bunch of others at um, a sort of meal on Monday. The reason for inviting him is that we are linked in Ely Diocese with Kigali Diocese in Rwanda. And I asked him in the course of the meal um, why there was that link. And he very sweetly said, because the gospel came to us from Cambridge. So he sort of slightly poo-pooed Ely and said it was Cambridge. That was where the missionary movement that really got the gospel going in Rwanda came from. And uh, I don't know how familiar you are with this sort of information, but um, Joe Church, Robin Church's dad, is buried with his wife in the graveyard. You can sort of roughly that direction in the graveyard. You could go and look at the the gravestone. Um, Robin's uncle, Bill Church, was buried here. And those were people that were greatly used by God 100 years or so ago to bring revival to the church in, in Uganda and Rwanda, indeed East Africa as a whole. We, we need a shot of the... Um, the grave, so you know what to look for if you're out there and have a little look around. It, it, it repays a little look. But I took the bishop over to see this grave. Um, I'd sent it to him in a WhatsApp message 
a year or so ago. But I wanted him to see it with his own eyes, given that he was visiting us. And, and he just stood there in silence for a minute or so before the PCC meeting, I guess just giving thanks and quietly reflecting on how good it was that God had brought the gospel to his country, at least in part through somebody who ended up being a member of the church here in Little Shelford, and uh, it was just moving to be with him at that grave, as he thought, I mean, it, it gave me the thoughts of God's purposes to see the Gentiles praising the God of Israel and the blessings to Israel being opened out to Gentiles. We're part of that here. And God continues to do that work, even through a funny little church in Little Shelford to this day, because great is our God. Praise the Lord, all you nations. Extol him, all you peoples. For great is his love towards us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. There is more to follow of the grace of God in reaching out beyond us to the world. More to follow for us, more to follow for the nations, more to follow even for nations who don't as yet know the Lord Jesus. So the psalmist calls on us to praise the Lord. I suppose it was, is worth saying it would be humbug and hypocrisy if in saying that we aren't committed and enthusiastic about the gospel spreading to the nations. I hope it's on your hearts. I hope you try and find out more from our external mission committee about how you can be praying for the spread of the gospel. It would be humbug and hypocrisy, it's worth saying, if in being committed to the spread of the gospel to the nations, we aren't also committed to the spread of the gospel in our nation. And our ears didn't uh, prick up at the mention of guest services to come and an opportunity to share the gospel with uh, our own acquaintances. I hope people are forming in your mind as to who you could be praying for in the run-up to those events. I'm going to suggest we close by, or I close by, getting you to read Psalm 117 to each other uh, one more time. You'll find it on the service sheet. And then I'll hand back to Jane. Let's say these words together. Praise the Lord, all you nations. Extol him, all you peoples. For great is his love towards us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. <laughs>